First Corinthians chapter 1. The topic today is the importance of fellowship. And when I say fellowship, I don't mean this fellowship, this physical fellowship, nor do I mean the fellowship that we have one with another which is also wonderful. Importance of fellowship. We're talking about our fellowship with Him and the importance of that. And uh, we're going to start in 1 Corinthians 1, 9. And again, section talks about all that Jesus Christ has done and how He's the Lord. And in verse 9, it says, God is faithful by whom you were ye were called unto the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. God has called us onto the fellowship. And what does fellowship mean? Um, communion or full sharing, participation. Those are other words you can think about that fellowship means. Remember that verse, says, what fellowship had light with darkness? You know, what those two things really oughtn't to fully participate or share or hang out together? That's really what it means. Now, the interesting thing here is that what God has called us into, the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ, that was not available in the Old Testament, was it? So there's a change by what Jesus Christ has done for us considering our fellowship. And that is that we've been called unto the fellowship, it says in verse 9, of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. In First John chapter 1, 1 John chapter 1. Just to start off with a few notes about fellowship. 1 John chapter 1 verse 3 reads, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that you also, ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father, and with His Son, Jesus Christ. So, we enjoy the blessings of God and all that we have in Christ Jesus. You know, we're, we're in a very, very privileged place to be allowed to fellowship with Him and to enjoy the blessings of all that Jesus Christ has done for us. God is our Father, and Jesus Christ is head of the body to which you and I belong. He has a very immediate effect on the things that happen to us. He's the head of the body. He's our Lord. And as that, that position that God has put him in is what God chose him to be. And therefore, when he's called to the fellowship of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, you see how a great impact the Lord has on our lives today. Um. If you remember, we looked at it a little while ago in Philippians where Paul was talking about, you know, understanding the fellowship of his sufferings. And then other places we looked at where we can identify with his death, with his burial, with his resurrection, with his ascension, with his seating. All the things that Jesus Christ means to us is that full sharing. We fully share the fellowship that we have. We fully share in everything that he has accomplished for us. 
So truly, our fellowship is with God and with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a very, very privileged position, something that wasn't really available in the Old Testament. So when we're talking about our fellowship, we need to keep in mind all that that means to us. It's, it's even greater than what God could have done for His people in the Old Testament. In fact, in this time period, God has said that no man comes unto me but by who? Jesus Christ. You see, even to get access to that, God has designated Jesus Christ as the way to Him. I am the way. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And now in the New Testament, this where we live now in the New Covenant, you know, every salutation to all the church epistles are made from both God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Every single one of them. God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So our fellowship is with God and with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is that full sharing, that communion that we have is to fully appreciate all that that has been done for us. That is really the work that we looked at last week a little bit. The hard work is to understand all that Jesus Christ means to us and all that the identification that we have with Him. So that's just a little brief look at fellowship. But what I wanted to share today was just some aspects of fellowship. And when we look in the Old Testament at a couple of verses, just recognize that the fellowship that we have today, the access that we have is even much, much greater than some of the test, you know, the Old Testament saints talked about. That we're even more and more blessed. So let's go to First Samuel briefly. First Samuel 15. We looked at this section a little while ago, but I just wanted to pick up on one verse. First Samuel. So some aspects of the fellowship and the importance for us to not allow anything to interfere in our fellowship with Him. That's the importance of fellowship. Remember that record in, in Samuel when God, you know, by way of Samuel, asked Saul to destroy the Amalekites and he didn't do exactly what God had called him to do. And then when Samuel is speaking to him, in, he says in verse 22, he says, And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. You know, Saul's fellowship with God was starting to falter. Uh, at one point where he says God would not answer him anymore. There was, there, was, there was a time where it was beginning to falter. And then he sought to replace that fellowship with with religious activity. Just doing things as a show of that. And that is not fellowship. Here, you know, God says very clearly, look, you can't, you know, you don't, we're not to mistake religious activity for fellowship with Him. Here, you know, He says to him, well, obeying is better than all of that. Just think about how much our fellowship with Him requires our obedience to him, you know, you can think about fellowship in a, like if I had a fellowship, if I had fellowship with an earthly brother in Christ, or you know, a, you know, if there's no one, one is not greater than the other. We're just brothers or sisters in Christ. We have fellowship, but our fellowship with Him, there is a greater party. 
Jesus Christ is greater. God is greater. Obedience for us is a huge part of fellowship. If you have fellowship with your child as an earthly father, isn't that fellowship or a mother so much greater when your child obeys you? You know, so here he says, look, you may want to do all these other things, but don't mistake your fellowship with him, these other things, the things you do, the activity, as your fellowship with him. Your personal fellowship with, with him is worth a lot more than that. It cannot be replaced by, you know, religious things or activities, even spiritual. It is, your fellowship with him is very, very vital, very important. Nothing should get in the way of that. And Saul, unfortunately, did let get, let much get in the way of it and to the point that he fell out of fellowship. In fact, he lost his spirit. Um, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, there's no relationship that is more important you know, and uh, then our fellowship with Him. First Corinthians chapter 7. Paul is writing by revelation about some earthly relationships. And this is what's written in verse 32. He says, But I would have you without carefulness or anxiety. He that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord how he may please the Lord. But he that is married careth for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. There is difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But she that is married careth for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And this I speak for your own profit. Now, this section here, he is not saying that people oughtn't to get married. I mean, if you just look at that on the face, face value, that would mean that the body of Christ would last probably one generation or half, one generation and a half. I mean, the blessings of marriage that God has laid out in the Word of God, starting in Genesis, where he talks about the one flesh relationship, Ephesians chapter 5, Colossians, sections of God's Word that are very clear in the blessings of marriage. So what's he talking about? Well, he says it right there in verse 35. He says, For your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you. In other words, he's not trying to place limitations on people's lives, but for that which is comely, and that you may attend upon the Lord without distraction. See, when you get married, if you get married, in marriage, what is the greater, what fellowship is of greater importance than you and your spouse? Your fellowship with Him. He's saying in that situation, yeah, you have other things to think about, your wife and the wife has her husband think about and children and so forth. But even in the midst of that, your fellowship with Him is vital. You cannot replace your fellowship with Him with your fellowship with your spouse or your children or anything like that. It has to be Him. That's what we're talking about here. Without distraction. We're to serve Him without distraction. Fellowship with Him is vital. Look at uh, uh, Matthew chapter 10, please. Matthew chapter 10 where we will read about 
Jesus Christ's intent to break up marriages and families. Not so much, eh? Matthew chapter 10. You know, we know a lot of, there's a lot of places in God's Word where it tells us that, you know, we oughtn't to please man over God. We oughtn't to do things, you know, or the, where Jesus Christ confronts them in the Gospels where He says they love the, you know, the praise of man more than God. And, well, here in Matthew chapter 10, along those lines, verse 34, it says, and here's an apparent contradiction here. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. Well, when Jesus Christ was born, I seem to remember there was an angel that said, Peace on earth, didn't he? Was it Gabriel? Peace on earth. Well, he says, Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. So he purposely is coming to destroy families, right? That's what, no. But the, you know, the end result, the end result of when you serve, when you have a new master, when you serve somebody, right, that has to take precedence over everything else in life. And that means if, in a situation where, you know, a woman, a husband and a wife, or a father and their children, or, or so forth, there's, there's conflict there, what comes first? Well, what's the most important relationship that you will ever have in your life? Isn't it the relationship with Him? And for us, that is even a greater blessing, as I mentioned, because our fellowship is with God and with the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Verse 36, And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. That doesn't mean you don't love your father or mother. It's father more than me. What's the more important relationship? So when it comes to conflicts, you know, sometimes, and it's going to happen. That's, that's what he's really sharing here is, you want to serve me? Well, it's going to, it may cost you a lot more than you're willing to pay sometimes. You know, we can all, I'm sure we all have stories about what our stand for the Lord has meant amongst our friends, our family, and so forth. Um, in, uh, where are we now, verse... Yeah, 37. He that fought, loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. It's quite a, quite a calling, isn't it? He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth, loseth his life for my sake shall find it. See, the, the giving of all that you have, and sometimes and many times, that can mean that you fall out with your family, you fall out with your spouse or wife or husband, and so forth, and children fall out with their parents, and whatever. What in the end, your stand for him is worth everything, your fellowship with him is worth everything, all of it. It's the most important relationship, the one that we ought to defend and protect more than anything else is our relationship and our fellowship, full sharing, communion with Him. Nothing ought to get in the way of that. Nothing. In Psalm 16, 
you know, even when Abraham was called to go out, what did God say to him? He said, leave your family, right? And go to a place that I will show you. And he left his family and didn't leave all his family because Lot was with him. And it's only when he separated from Lot that God appeared to him and said, okay, now I can talk. See, he was called to leave his family, but to go unto God. <laughs> that was a greater, greater relationship that he was going to enjoy if he chose to do so. You know, we haven't really talked much about the government or anything like that. You know, we talked about earthly families. But even our civic authority, civic, you know, legal and so forth um, responsibilities that we have, Sometimes the things that the world has to do to us or wants to do to us will get in the way of our fellowship with him if we allow it. You know, we, we see this with, you know, Daniel and his young friends in Persia. They had to take quite a stand to maintain their reverence, respect, worship, fellowship with God, didn't they? You know, so what's, what was more important to them? They could have bowed. They could have done that, but their fellowship, their love for God and was greater than that. And they were willing to put everything on the line. That's how vital it is, you know. Um, in Psalm 16 is a wonderful um, psalm about fellowship with God and other things. But Psalm 16, verse 1, Preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, Thou art my Lord. My goodness extendeth not to thee. In other words, there's nothing that I have that is good apart from thee. But to the saints that are in the earth and to the excellent in whom is all my delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, nor take up their names unto my lips. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. This is talking about the separation of the fields and things where, you know, God would make sure that his people got the best, the choices, the, the lines fallen out into pleasant places. I will bless the Lord, verse 7, who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me because he's at my right hand. I shall not be moved. You know, what a wonderful place, right? He kept God right in his forefront, right there. You know, and if you look at the, the words the word, the word of God uses in terms of the distractions of life that abound around us, that challenge that fellowship, God uses terms like warth, you know, warring or fighting as a soldier. He uses terms like we wrestle not, fighting against the things, the principalities and so forth. The devil is a roaring lion looking to devour. See, these are, these are words that are, these are strong words in God's word that talk about the attempts to destroy your fellowship with him, your desire to serve him. And the systems of the age support those things by and large. And we are not beyond the influences of those systems of the age. We're not. You know, I, I guess, you know, the advice, you know, for us is 
Look, if anything should ever attempt or show up as something that will interfere with your fellowship with Him, be on guard. You know, be alert immediately that nothing ought to get in the way of that fellowship, your service to Him. Nothing. You should allow nothing to do do that. In verse uh, 8, David did this by setting the Lord always before me. He said He always had Him right there, always. Not, you know, just during prayer time in the morning or during fellowship time. Always. That's our relationship with Him is always. It's not that God is on a priority list somewhere. God doesn't belong on a priority list. How dare I compare Him to other things? I oughtn't to do that. He, that is always. He's not on some list. He is always at our right hand. Always right there in front of us. That's our fellowship with Him. Nothing gets in the way of that. Therefore, verse 9, My heart is glad. And my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. All these things because he put God always before him. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Now talking about Jesus Christ and his coming. Thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence. He in thy presence, a place where we ought to always stay. In thy presence is fullness of joy at thy right hand. And now today, aren't we seated at his right hand in the heavenly? See how greater our fellowship is, can be than even the Old Testament? We're now seated at his right hand in the heavenlies in Christ. Our pleasures forever. More. What a great blessing. Psalm 23. Just a couple of pages over. Psalm 23. Verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Here, this, this, this psalm, we all know it. But this psalm is just almost the perfect example of where it's total, you know, unconcerned trust in God. Do the sheep consult the shepherd about what's going to be going on that day and where we? No, <laughs> they just trust him. It's just like total trust. The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. Why? Because he's my shepherd. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restore. Look at all these wonderful verbs used in here. The bless. He restoreth my soul. You think a lot of this would happen if we're not in his presence? if we don't do our utmost to maintain our fellowship with Him every single day. No, we're going to get tossed this way and that way. I mean, that's, that's literally here. It's just, this happens when we keep Him right in our forefront. We continue to fellowship with Him and do whatever we can. He leads me beside, sorry, in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you know, things happen. You get in trouble in situations. I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Always, right there, your fellowship with Him. You're constantly in His presence. We're constantly going to Him. He is the, you know, the only priority, if you will. You want to make it, use the word priority. He, he is it. I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. 
Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. How could that even happen if you didn't trust that he was always with you? Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What a great blessing to stay in his presence, to maintain our fellowship with him. You know, we don't have... We oughtn't to have God times and non-God times. It's all it's, it's all the time. You know, you wake up in the middle of the night, and what do you think about? You know, you wake up in the morning, what do you do? You know, you, you have trouble, what do you do? When, you know, when we're praying there, you know, when bad things happen, we praise Him. When good things happen, we praise Him. Our fellowship with Him is consistent, it's constant. It's something that we don't allow anybody, not pleasing people, not pleasing families, not pleasing the government, so whatever it is, we don't let anything interfere with our fellowship with Him. Right? And we're going to close in 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. And I was just thinking about this because, you know, it's a time of year where people take stock of the year. You know, they say, well, you know, how did the last year turn out? And what plans do I have for the next year? Sometimes people call them resolutions. You know, plans or whatever whatever it is. Well, why not let this be a time over the next, you know, holidays or is our last fellowship of the year? Why to take the time to take stock of this last year and say, what can I do next year? What are my plans to do next year, you know, to enhance my fellowship with Him that I can better keep Him in my forefront, that I can better understand all that the Lord Jesus Christ has done for me. What can I plan into my life in the coming year that would allow me better to, to understand that? Because I know that you know, if I have a plan to lose weight or something, I'm going to plan things in, at least for the first month. <laughs> anyway, you know, I'm going to try to plan in some time, and I'm going to plan, oh, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to write this down, and I'm going to do that. And Well, what is the most important relationship you have? What is the, what is the one relationship that I ought to give my most attention to you know the the thing that I had to plan into my life that I should you know set aside time for then to preserve and to enhance my fellowship with him what could be better what could be greater you know and it's a good time for us to think through that those things in first timothy chapter 4 verse 7 but refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness for bodily exercise profited little, in other words, is of little value or profits for a little while. But godliness that are in our relationship with Him, our fellowship with Him, is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. You know, one, one author wrote, The present life is nothing more than a shadow, transitory, and without any permanent endurance. So, why would I want to spend my time, my energy, my finances, you know, whatever, my, more to the transitory life when God's Word says that if I spend my time to the one to come, I can spend time today and have impact on the life which is to come. Why wouldn't I at least spend 
some of my time towards that life? Why wouldn't I invest in that life today when God's Word says that I can openly do that? Why wouldn't I want to grow in my fellowship with Him more and more and more, knowing that it has promised not only of this, you get blessed not only in this life, but also in that which is to come. So why not, if we're going to make a resolution, why don't we make a resolution to see if we can have even sweeter fellowship in the coming year with God and our wonderful Lord Jesus Christ.